All righty. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Modcast. I'm your host, Chris Perry, with your co-host, Tyler Betson. Tyler, what kind of animal do you feel like today? Well, I had another one sent in by a listener, and it's a great one. And okay. this is what I feel like today. It is called a, hold on, a Southern Poodoo. A Southern who? Poodoo. P-U-D-U. A Southern Poodoo, which is basically, in layman's term, a very small deer. Okay. It's the world's smallest species of deer, going only up to 24 to 29 inches tall. And they will grow antlers about three inches long. That is precious. Oh, my God. These are adorable. So there was apparently one born at a zoo somewhere. But, oh, in Oakland, California, the Oakland Zoo welcomed a baby southern poodoo. Ooh. Apparently is like a newsworthy article. So it tells you how important it is that they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, we got one of these. Um it will bark to sound an alarm before running into underground tunnels they make to help escape threats. Okay. Yeah. How much can you buy one of these? I'm sure not because like they put um what the hell? Oh, okay, never mind. I just read something weird. I'll tell you about that in a second. But uh I don't think so. I'm pretty sure these are endangered because southern poodoos are prey for Chilean pumas and make up about 50% of the Chilean pumas diet. Wow. Okay. So these just get destroyed daily by pumas. God. Well, a moment of silence for all that we've lost. That's a shame. They're adorable. Shout out poodoos. Shout out poodoos. Long live poodoo. Um I I'm going back to my roots, guys, and, and the original purpose and why I do what animals we feel like. So for those who don't know why I ask this question, I ask everybody this question very often because I'm weird. And instead of asking, hey, Tyler, how do you feel today? Right. That's a loaded question. Everybody's going to say, I'm fine. How are you? But if I ask you what kind of animal you feel like, I can start to learn what moods these animals embody, and that's how I can learn how you actually feel today. I feel like a beaver. Another giant rat. Another giant rat because I've been very productive this morning. I've been working, and beavers right. are known as one of the most energetic and productive animals on the planet. Whenever they see a body of water, they say, no, that's enough. They build a dam. Yes. Fun fact, uh, I grew up in a neighborhood called Bella Wood. Mellow Woods, and uh, it's a smaller subdivision in Lexington, Kentucky. And um, there's a a park, of course, called Bella Woods Park. And I used to go down there, and they had like a a little river creek thing that flowed through it. Well, there was a ton of wild beavers. Okay. Yeah. And they would build like these giant dam-looking forts out of sticks. Well, we had a rope swing down there, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I remember I was swinging on this rope swing with a bunch of my other friends as a child. Mm -hmm. And as I was swinging over there, a beaver popped up out of nowhere and started chasing us. Oh, my God. So that was my only life experience with a beaver. I, I can't say this is the one time that I don't have a story pertinent to the subject matter. I've never encountered a beaver in my life. The middle school I went to, the mascot was a beaver, but that's all I've got. And that's like a reach. 
I did see a cool video the other day that beavers carry their babies just like humans do. I don't know if you've seen this video, but like they carry them and cradle them and like walk around with them and then like set them down. Which I thought was pretty interesting. I really want a beaver. I want a raccoon as well. I'd love to have a, a raccoon. raccoon. A raccoon, yes. Um, I've been watching a lot of New Girl on Netflix, and that's how they say it. They say raccoon instead of raccoon. I wonder if that's like a supposed to be a comedy thing or if it's just like how it's said in different regions i think it's supposed to be a comedy thing but i just like it just sounds fancier to me so that's why i've opted to say it that way raccoon raccoon so tyler what are we talking about today today we are doing a rapid fire q a of some questions from listeners which we got quite a few of them enough to make a full episode on yeah. so we're going to get into that and we're going to go through each question and we're going to kind of discuss our answers. You know, we might have some different answers here. Um, so we're going to start with a random question. I'll go ahead and start with a question and then Chris is going to do a question and I'll do a question and we'll just kind of go through until we reach all of them. Yeah. Um, so first question we're going to do is which character from Stranger Things would have the best bodybuilding career? Okay. So. I'm going to start off with this one to give a fun fact, and then we're going to actually tell our answers. So, fun fact, Kai Green is actually in season two of Stranger Things. He's one of the, like, people in the gang. One that, of the misfits, uh, yeah. One of the misfits. So, there's actually a very, very decorated career bodybuilder in Stranger Things already. But if we're talking about main characters, who would you say, Chris? I would say, from, like, an open bodybuilder standpoint, I'm going to have to say Hopper. Because he yeah. got he got like pretty pretty shredded when he was in Russia. Um, I think there's a potential there with the right coach and the right plan. I think he'd definitely definitely be a great open bodybuilder. Um, from like a men's physique, classic physique, I think Billy would yeah. likely do the best. And also because of how mentally deranged he is, he could likely endure an entire prep and get peeled. See, I agree with those. Um, I would say, say um, that on the men's side would be Hopper and um, Billy. Uh -huh. On the female side, um, is there anybody we can really think of? How do you think, uh, is it Natalie? Is that her name? Nancy. How do you think Nancy, Na Nancy would do? I think she could do well. Um, probably like bikini for sure. I don't, I'm, I want to know, like, because of Eleven's powers, do you think that she could get jacked as shit? No, I don't. I feel like she would use her mind to like cheat rep. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, would it? Yeah. You know, like if anything got hard, like I feel like she'd be like, nah, you know, these 30s are too hard. I'm just going to like, you know, use my mind to do it instead. So she doesn't actually use her muscle. She would get so hyper. Like she would be like the worst one out of all of them. She's destined to be like a twig forever. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. She only eats Eggo waffles. So not super nutritious. Um, okay. That's fair. I don't know of anybody else. I mean, like, I feel like there are a couple guys on the basketball team in the last season that were like yeah. fairly stacked, but I can't say I know their names off the top of my head. See, like, well, that's one thing. Is like, I feel like Dustin could because he was a fat kid growing up, and I know that fat kid, former fat kids tend to be the hardest workers in the rooms. See that? I'd say, oh, what's what's God? What's her name? The one, the redhead girl. Oh, she she would for sure kill it. Oh, dude, yeah, she's got the mindset for it. Like, you know, she's she's. She's hardcore. Her, I think she'd do really well. And I do think, like, just because Lucas plays basketball and, you know, he'd probably be looking for something to do afterwards. You know, Phil Heath used to be a uh, a basketball player before he got into bodybuilding. So I'd say Lucas, like, gets out of bodybuilding and then – or gets out of basketball and goes into bodybuilding. Yeah, didn't he – didn't Phil play for, like, Colorado State? I think so. I think that's accurate. 
And if you look at his shots when he just played basketball, he was already just so jacked. Like before yep. he even touched a weight. Just prime prime genes. Um, bear with me as I'm trying to make sure my mic doesn't fall off of its stand. Let's hope. Um, so yeah, that's that's my thoughts on Stranger Things. Um, on the Kai Green subject, do you think he'll ever compete again? My answer is no. no. I wouldn't. Why would you? Honestly, he's got such a decorated career, man. He's already, you know, got heavy sponsorships. He's been in TV shows. He's acted in things. It's like, at this point, it's kind of like a, he doesn't have to. Do you think it's worthwhile for him to be as big as he's remained then? From like a health perspective? I think, honestly, naturally, he's able to maintain that. You know, there's some people, I think, that can, like, hold weights like that, and that's just how they are. Like, for me to maintain something like that, I don't even think I could possibly get to it, first of all. But maintaining it would take me a lot of work. Yeah. I feel like for him, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect his body in a negative way like it would somebody else. Like, I, I watched that man sit on a bench at Redcon 1 Gym for, like, three hours, and you know chill like it didn't seem like he had to eat every hour to maintain that at this point yeah that is true that is true um but that too i think we we also see like a lot of open bodybuilders like fighting so hard to lose weight because they don't realize that once you in a certain regard when you've done this for decades like that muscle is not just going to disappear you know um so my first question is prep related so this guy asked or he said he's getting into his head a few weeks out from a show, not worry that he's lean enough. So I'm assuming he's asking for advice on that. Um, I'll go first, think two points. One, if you're being coached, you do need to trust in your coach. And you know, if you haven't probably ask him their opinion, but two, if you're a few weeks out and you haven't registered yet for the show, potentially look at another show, right? If you don't have any financial obligations to do said show, Find a show three or four weeks later if you feel like you need another three or four weeks to get ready or do both if you have the financial means. Um, but ultimately, you don't have to step on stage. That's why I always tell people. If you don't feel ready and you don't feel like you want to, you don't have to. You can take the notes from this dieting phase, this prep, mock prep, however you want to look at it and look to improve from it. Yeah, you made a lot of valid points there. First of all, you can look for a show. You know, there's so many shows now. I will tell you straight up, there's one almost every weekend, it seems. So there's plenty of other ones to choose from. Um, ask your coach that we stripe honest with you. Like, I mean, I've been honest with Chris before. I've been like, hey, man, you know, we're battling against time here. Um, well, I've had other clients where I'm like, you're perfectly fine. We're coming in. We're ahead of schedule. But the important thing to know is... You don't always have to get on stage immediately. If it's not the right time, you could always just prep and do a photo shoot instead and, you know, take the data from what you found out this time and push it back six weeks or push it back to next year. So there's always a time and place for the stage. If you're worried, though, talk to somebody you trust. And that should be if you have a coach, that should be the only person you talk to, in my opinion. And then, or maybe the judges, if you know a local judge, ask them where they think you are. They're going to be the ones that are honest with you. Yeah. All right. Next question. Next question. Let me see. All right. This is a good one. If you weren't coaching, what other career would you love to do? Um, that tough to say. Um, originally I'd went to school, uh, to be a nurse practitioner which is hilarious because I obviously clearly look like a nurse practitioner now in this current state of my life. 
Um, I don't know. Looking back, like I've always wanted to be a business owner. That was always kind of where I thought I belonged because I don't conform well to authority from like a boss perspective. Um, I like, I've always thought that barbers had the coolest job. If I had any artistic capabilities, like I think tattoo artists have the coolest job too. Um, that's hard to say. Like, like I said, I was going to school for nursing, nurse practitioner, sort of the medical field, but that wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. It just seemed like a very practical thing for me to do at the time. Yeah. See, like, I recall I was going to school for, uh, to, my goal was to be a physical therapist. So I wanted to go to PT school. So I'm glad I didn't do that, honestly, at this point. Um, but if I would say if like money didn't matter and we were just doing something like we enjoy, I actually really enjoy teaching. Mm -hmm. So I think anything involving like me uh, teaching other people how to do something uh, is something I, I find I, myself really enjoying. Like I do the mentorships a lot. So I've thought about even just doing like seminars soon involving yeah. bodybuilding because I feel like people weren't doing that. Like that was something that was around when I first was a coach. And uh, I kind of miss it. I thought it was cool. Like going to a coach's seminar and, you know, learning what they're style of training was so i think uh, a style of teaching is something that i would be doing whether that be like you know teaching uh sports psychology or even just history i think i would enjoy that yeah i think that'd be cool too i like i like teaching what i what i know um if money wasn't like an issue or wasn't an object like mm, i don't know like i like i said like i've kind of since I was like 17, this is what I've wanted to do. And it's the only yeah. thing that's made sense, right? And especially at that age, like I was either going to go to like nursing school or I was going to enlist in the military. I didn't know what I wanted to do at that point. Yeah. I granted, I don't know how anybody really knows from like an educational standpoint what they want to do going into college and like stick with that, right? Because mm -hmm. I changed my mind a billion times. Um, but that was kind of like the path that I was kind of led down because I was, you know, great at, you know, my dad's a electrical engineer and he wanted me to go that route, but I suck at calculus. So I was like, I'll just go medical field. Cause I like it. I thought it was cool and fun. And then like, by the time I got to college, I was like, this isn't what I want to do. And so I just took as many credit hours pertinent to fitness and bodybuilding and nutritional sciences as I could. And then I dipped now we're here, yeah. you know, no, you know, one other thing that sounds cool to me that I've always just wanted to learn how to do for the hell of it. Hmm. I'd love to learn how to like fly a plane. I have no earthly desire to learn how to do that. See, I think it would be super cool just to like have a plane and I could just fly it wherever I want to. And like, yeah, that'd be awesome. I just, I have no desire to be in that much control, right? Like that <laughs> much control that freaks me out. Um, I can, like, I don't know. Like I could, I'd love to just walk dogs for a living. I don't fucking, I used to run a dog rescue. It was super cool. Dude, that's a good thing. Yeah, it was really fun. It was. I remember when I was like, I was like 17, 18 years old. I really wanted to be a tattoo artist, like really bad. Mm -hmm. But uh, I used to tattoo grapefruits because that was like apparently what you're supposed to do learn it. Yeah. I just don't have any artistic capabilities. Like I'm not not good at creativity. Like, nope. like the tattoo artists I know that are good, they can come up with something off the top of their head and make like a custom creation. And it's like badass. I just don't have that ability. It's not me. I'm not creative in that sense. Like I've played instruments my whole life for like the last 14 years and I'm good in a musical stance, but like when it comes to actual art and drawing and painting, I have no capabilities whatsoever. 
because I'm also left-handed, which like yeah. my handwriting is shit, but I can't do anything. Like it's just because I'm, I can't see what I'm doing, you know? Um, yeah. But anyways, what question do I want to ask? Why don't I believe that pandas are real? Because they're not fucking real. Simple. Next question, Tyler. <laughs> Favorite canned energy drink? Um, You know, I, I grew up in the monster era. I like any of like the zero calorie monsters. I would say, though, like the... Oh, which one is it? The C4... It's like the peach nectarine one, I think, or their watermelon one is super good too. I think the C4 energy drinks are probably like my favorites. Good choice. Okay, I'm going to go with something old school here that most people probably have not heard of, but the Spike Shooter. I've never heard of those. Spike Shooter is probably the best energy drink I've ever had. I think you can only order them from like T Nation or something like that now, but they have like four warning labels on them. They have Yohimbine hydrochloride in them, like 300 milligrams of caffeine. They're the best energy drink I've ever had. I've but, seen these. Yeah. You you hardly can get them anymore. Like, I haven't seen them in years. Um, Are they zero calorie? Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm going to They're strong this. as shit, dude. And it's like, I like it because it's only like an eight ounce can. I think it's like 8.6 fluid ounces. So you can like drink it down real quick. And it lights you up man it's the most energy i've ever had from an actual canned energy drink dude i'm looking at okay so we've got i'm trying to find the dosages on everything because make sure you're looking at the shooter one because they have like a full size one now okay and they have one called the spike energy shooter and it's like a smaller can but it has the extra ingredients in it and it's so strong jesus christ yeah so we've got uh, 300 milligrams of caffeine, 1,000 micrograms of B12, 6 milligrams of yohimbine hydrochloride. It's got a acetyl-L-tyrosine in it. Um, the rest yeah. of it's a blend, which means that they're not going to tell us exactly what's in it, <laughs> which is <Wow>. good. <laughs> this, yeah, this thing is wild. Wait, let me see if I can find the actual ingredients because it has it listed at the bottom. Let me see. Yo, It has 6 milligrams of yohimbine hydrochloride in it, uh, 1,000 micrograms of B12, 300 milligrams of caffeine, and then acetyl-L-tyrosine. And it's... it's. I'm assuming it's, it has a gram of N-acetyl-L-tyrosine in it. That's that's good. Uh, that's a pretty, like, well-dosed energy drink straight up, man. That really is. That really... What does it taste like? It tastes like fruit punch, but it's like a very bitter fruit punch. It's not a drink like I would say that you would enjoy for like taste. It's more of like, oh shit, this actually gave me a lot of energy and I loved it. Yeah, I'm. I'm I used to drink one of these every morning before I personal trained clients. I would like drink one at like five a.m. and I'd be training people, dude. I'd be jazzed. I would be like, hey man, how you doing today? You ready to get training? Yeah. Like you ever see those like those old school, uh, you know, group workout videos like P ninety X? Yeah. They probably did like cocaine or something, but I imagine like Spike Energy Drink would have a similar effect. I actually know one of the guys. His name's Cameron Walker. He's actually a P90X and Insanity Master Trainer, and he's actually usually the guy leading all of those videos. He was one of my mentors growing up, and I can tell you this dude would do like 10 shots of espresso before he would do these classes. He was jazzed to the t like to yeah. the nine. Um, okay, so... 
I know what energy drink I'm trying out this week. I'm going to order some. Yeah, dude, order some of these. You can actually get them from Spike's website. They have spikeenergy.com, and they they still have the Spike Shooter original formula on there. And it's it's only twenty two or twenty seven ninety nine for a one time purchase of twelve of uh, a pack of twelve. That's not bad. That's, That's not, not bad, bad at all. Well, Spike, we're looking for sponsorships. So yeah, <laughs> um, is it my turn? Yes. Okay. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, biggest advice for someone who is too scared to gain weight or bulk, but I'm assuming with that they've accepted that they need to in certain regards. Um, yeah. So that's something that I've dealt with very heavily. So um, in 2016, at the late summer, uh, after my stint with bulimia and binge eating, I got down to 167 pounds and I am six foot one. So I was skin and bones, basically. And it wasn't until I couldn't deadlift 405 for a single anymore that I knew that something was wrong. I was like, oh, I'm getting very weak very quickly. And I finally looked at myself and I realized through all of this that I obviously had disordered eating patterns and I needed to gain weight. And I was very, very scared to gain weight, obviously, because coming from a background of being obese, I was afraid that any weight that I would put on would just be body fat. So what I had to do, and it was the most gradual approach, is I reverse dieted myself for nearly three years. And so I was so scared of food that I would add in 10 grams of carbs to my daily diet every 12 or 13 days. And that's what I did for three years. To go from 167, I got up to about 200 naturally. And I was in like pretty good body composition. Yeah. So you can go as slow as you need to. Um, that's one thing I always tell people. It is at your pace if you're doing this on your own. I'd also recommend potentially hiring a coach. Um, but the biggest thing that I had to do to start convincing myself that this was okay was obsessing over my performance in the gym. So the way that I could justify this process and kind of anchor my anxiety and fear to this process was I'm getting stronger, which means I'm getting better, right? That's what yeah. I tell myself. This food is going to fuel performance. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting better every week. And my thought process was if I'm getting stronger every week and the scale is going up slightly, I'm more likely that I'm putting on muscle than I am body fat. And I just ran with that for as long as I could. And not every day was perfect. Like, like anything, healing isn't a linear process, but it helped me in those moments of fear of like, I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger. X, Y, and Z. Like shirts are fitting tighter in my shoulders. That's a good sign. I'm getting bigger, right? And that's what I used where I was using performance as my tool of progress versus what I saw in the mirror because I couldn't trust what I saw in the mirror. Yeah. So that's, that's how I approached it. I went very slow because I was scared and I just obsessed over trying to continue to improve performance mm. in the hopes that I was more likely to put on muscle than body fat. I would say it's very simple in this effect and I will tell it to everybody, get used to being uncomfortable if you want to put on size and bodybuilding. Yep. And I have told this to numerous clients and, you know, I've had some where they're so uncomfortable away from stage where they're like, man, I am huge. I am, I feel fat. I feel this, I feel that. But when they get back on stage and went in overall, you know, every time they're like, thank you for pushing me to that limit and making sure that I was uncomfortable yep. and it pays off. So that's all I'll tell you there. And that's from many, many years of experience of several people who I've made uncomfortable and they've thanked me. Yeah. I, like I said, I think the biggest thing 
is we, we, we have to look at all of this as like, these are our ultimate choices and what we do. If your goal is to be a competitive athlete, you're going to have to make decisions that aren't always the most fun, but they're going to pay off in the end for yeah. somebody like me, like to grow to the size that I need to, I have to be pretty uncomfortable in the off season because I have to be upwards of 250 pounds, right? In the morning. And for me, that's not very comfortable because the heaviest I've ever been in my life is 265, right? So we're kind of breaking that threshold of the biggest I've ever been as far as just overall mass and size. But it's necessary because that's this is what I've chosen to do. If I just stopped bodybuilding and stopped wanting to be competitive, I wouldn't continue to put myself through it. But because I'm choosing to, it's something I know I have to do. It's a necessary evil, right? Yeah. So if you're approaching it from a competitive standpoint, you're right. Like there's a point you're going to be uncomfortable. If you're approaching it from just like a general lifestyle perception and like the fear is coming from whatever it may be, whether it's like a mental health or eating disorder, you know, the approach that I took is what I had to do for myself in that position, which was I just went very, very slow and had to just obsess over performance at that point because that was the one thing that made me feel secure. So, yeah, cool. Well, next question. Ready? Yeah, I like the way they asked this one. So I'm going to ask it exactly how they typed it. Going bald. When is the right time to just chrome dome it? Chrome dome it. I like that. <laughs> I, so, you go, you, go ahead, Tyler. You're the expert. You go on this one. Okay. So as somebody that is bald. Chrome domed. Yeah. Chrome domed, as we will call it. I, I made the decision whenever I realized my hair was thinning to a point where it looked stupid to keep it. Like, I look back to when I had hair at the final points, and I was like, why did I have hair? Um, I think the important thing to know, to, to think about before you do it is, do you have a normal-shaped head? And I did, fortunately, and most people do. <laughs> so so uh, when I shaved my head, I actually looked better. But I think a lot of this to think about is, how are your genetics as far as like with your parents? So, you know, both my brother and dad were bald and then my grandpa was bald on my mom's side. Um, on the other hand, you know, we have Chris over here who can run anything supplement wise and it does not affect his hair. Uh, yeah, I can take DHT derivatives and still grow hair during a prep. As yes. I, this prep. I started this prep bald and now I have a full head of hair again. But if you guys want to know how I lost my hair, it was a heavy dose of mass prop and Trine. So that's something probably to stay away from if you want to keep your hair. Um, I, it's crazy because I actually used to have a full thick head of hair. Um, as a kid, I was like a skateboarder and I had long, straight hair, like a lot of it. Sick. And, but when when to when to shave bald? Simple answer I would say is if it's thinning enough and receding to a point where people can you can kind of look at yourself and be like, why am I keeping it? Yeah, and, and, and then ask one of your bald friends. If one of your bald friends be like, hey man, how do you think I'd look bald? If your bald friend say straight up says, hey man, you look good, they're being honest with you. We'll send it. Yeah, I would say if you have a beard, you've got a great opportunity because I can't grow a beard, and if I could grow a beard, I'd probably have a shaved head again because I think it just looks better. Um, but that being said, from a preventative standpoint, there are things you can try to do that might work. So, uh, they do make like DHT blocking shampoo that has biotin in it. I've heard good things about there is injectable biotin, which is far more potent and bioavailable and also finasteride. Those are all things that you can yeah. consider trying as a last ditch effort before you commit to being bald. But also if you're jacked, 
You can do whatever the fuck you want because it looks cool, right? You can do anything. If you're yeah. jacked and have tattoos, you can get away with literally anything as far as appearance goes because you look. Yeah, I would I would encourage facial hair too if you're bald. That's what I'm saying. I can't grow it. So I'm, I'm shit. I'm shit out of luck. Yeah. If I lose my hair. I'm done. That's it. Yeah, as long as you can grow like a good beard or like mustache or something of the sort, like I think you can pull off a bald look. Uh, I mean, of course, you got people like Dwayne Johnson, Rock Johnson, and like uh, Jason Statham, who are people that can definitely pull off a bald look without a beard. Because they're but, jacked. Uh, yeah, because they're jacked. That's 100%. Have good eyebrows. Take care of your eyebrows. That's a big thing, too. If you don't have any hair, take care of your eyebrows. It looks better. So, next question. Um, speaking of, uh, movie actors, do you think a majority of actors take steroids to get ready for their movie roles? I'm going to say yes. Absolutely, man. I, I really think so. And I think it's a kind of a hidden thing and they, you know, aren't very truthful about it. Yeah. But I would say most of the trainers that are training these, uh, movie stars or, anything of the sort or making them use some sort of supplementation that is more on the anabolic side to achieve these physique transformations in such a quick period of time. I remember I read an article that was hilarious and it was like, read how Bradley Cooper put on 40 pounds of lean muscle in eight weeks for his role as American sniper. And it was just like a bunch of bullshit. It was like a generic cookie cutter diet. And then some like protein powder supplement he was taking. And I was like, no, it's called test and DECA. Like there's just, there's just no, nobody's putting on 40 pounds of lean muscle in that timeline naturally, period, right? What's, what, what's the movie called? Is it Bigger, Stronger, Faster? Yes, yeah. Bigger, Stronger, Faster. If you've not watched that documentary, I encourage everybody to watch Big, Bigger, Stronger, Faster because it'll really enlighten you to how much steroid use is going on from even the lowest levels of a magazine cover from a Calvin Klein model mm -hmm. to, you know, wrestling, football, everything. And, and also another one uh, is called Icarus. So it's about blood doping in uh, this guy is wanting to, the, the film producer is wanting to compete in the tour, amateur Tour de France, but he's wanting to learn how to blood dope to be able to obviously try to win and become a professional cyclist. So he hires on like the strength coach of the Russian Olympic team and he teaches them how to dope. And then they just like, it goes down this rabbit hole of the Olympic team and their PE yeah. usage and everything else. So but, that one's wild because it's kind of plot twist. One of the guys that runs like the anti-doping agency is the one that helps him out to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it, it's, it all happens and this is filmed when the Russian Olympic scandal occurs. So it actually turns into like I has to like go into hiding and a bunch of other stuff. But it's all a true stories. It's a documentary. It's worth. And again, we're not saying this to condone and saying like, oh, everybody does it. You should do because that's not what we're saying. We've made an episode previous talking about our stances on PEDs, but it's just people don't realize how prevalent it is. You know what I mean? So it's definitely worth watching these documentaries to kind of get an idea. And I think it helps desensitize in a certain sense, it kind of remove some of the mystique around it. Um, yeah. Your turn, Ty Ty, what we got? Next question. Let's go with how to approach a gym bro or gal for advice. Um, I'm going to start off here. I think that most people need to understand this and you're going to learn this. Most people at the gym with the best physiques or the ones that look the most intimidating are usually the nicest people at the gym. Yeah, I'll say so, I'll agree to that. Um, 
best time to approach him, I would say if you can catch him before the workout or after, probably the best idea because it's, I mean, I answer questions when I get approached. I don't necessarily love being interrupted because then I go down a 30 minute rabbit hole of conversation with this person and I feel like I just lost my pace. Um, If they don't have headphones on, take that as an opportunity potentially to ask them or even just like, hey, can I ask you some questions after you're done working out? Like introduce yourself. I have some questions. You're a big jacked person. Help me after you're done. I would approach it in that sense, probably. Yeah, I would say keep in mind that these people have been through it all. And they actually, a lot of us like the intention and appreciate being asked questions because it means that like you think enough of us to like answer it, which is kind of cool, you know, especially for people coming up. But I remember like as a coach, whenever I was working out at a local gym, I would purposely not wear my headphones so I could be available for questions from people. Yeah. Um, And I helped numerous people just with the most random of things. I'll give advice at any time. So I would say be respectful of their training session. Like if they look like they're really into it, these are their top sets, like maybe wait till afterwards or try to catch them while they're doing their warm up. That's a good time too. like when I when I'm going to train normally I'm doing a warm up the first five or 10 minutes. If you come up there and talk to me while I'm doing that, I don't care. Afterwards, sometimes I would sit at the gym and I, you know, drink my post-workout drink or, you know, chill for a second. That's a great time to approach as well. Yeah. I, um, funny story. I had, um, this guy, this younger guy who went to my gym and he had reached out to me for coaching and I told him my rates and he was like, well, you should coach me for free because I'll be a great athlete. And I was like, no, but thank you. And, um, he proceeded for the next like four weeks he would come up to me and ask me questions while I was training to try to piecemeal a training plan from me for free. And I was yeah. like, don't do that. You know what I mean? But like, so don't do that. And like, but again, like there's a time and a place for it. I would say like, if this person's about to, if they've got like 500 pounds loaded on the bar and they're wrapping their knees, I wouldn't walk up and be like, Hey, so like, what's your stance on creatine? But like, you know, to me, I would say probably before or after a workout or like during a warm up or something like that. And again, most of these people aren't going to be the worst. And if they are, then they suck. But introduce yourself, compliment them. That's a good intro. And then be like, I got some questions if you've got a chance to answer them for me. And most of us appreciate hearing these things. I like being asked yeah. questions. Yeah. Same. Let's see. Next question. Um, Top three high protein meals in prep. I don't know if they mean like recipes, but you're probably going to be eating pretty straightforward, bland food. I say bland with an asterisk beside it. All right. Standardized food. Go with your, just do your top three meals in prep, Chris. Like what are your favorite three meals in prep? Favorite, fucking favorite three. I don't know if there's a favorite three. I don't know. Chicken and rice. I can pick three. You can pick three. Oh yeah. You want me to do mine first then you go off that? Yeah. Okay, so my number one in prep would probably be um, egg whites with simply potato, hash brown potatoes, air fried. Okay. My number two would be like a 96-4 beef with rice, and then I throw some pickles in it mm-hmm. and uh, reduced sugar ketchup. Okay. Uh, number three would probably be um, uh, chicken breast, which I'll go ahead and uh, air fry with some Frank's Red Hot Buffalo Wing Sauce. Okay. And then I'll have like um, sweet potatoes, which I cook in the oven first. And then I leave them in the refrigerator in the, that baked cooked form. And then I air fry them after that. Okay. okay. So it's like a crisp, 
diced sweet potatoes. Okay. Um, my One of my favorite meals, and again, I say these when I still have them in my plan because <laughs> things yeah. got taken away from me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, how I actually made my breakfast, and this is going to sound weird until you try it. So uh, my first meal for a long time was uh, egg whites, oatmeal, protein powder, blueberries, and almond butter. And so I would pour my oats into the bowl and then I would pour my, I would use my egg whites as the primary liquid for my oatmeal. And then I'd put in a little bit of water, mix it up, and I'd microwave it for like three minutes, mix it up again, microwave it for a couple, or add my protein powder, excuse me, and then microwave it again. And it kind of would turn into this like almost cake of sorts. And then I would mix in my frozen blueberries and I'd put a little bit of Walden Farms pancake syrup and cinnamon and salt and mix that together into this like concoction that tasted to me like cake. And I really like it. I still eat it sometimes in the off season. Um, so that's probably meal one. Meal two, um, I like, I might give it more than three, but I like doing my cream of rice. But what I'll do is I'll actually make it before I go to the gym and then I'll put it in the freezer because frozen cream of rice is super good. Um, my protein frosty recipe, it's on my page. It's one of my reels is one of my mm -hmm. favorites as well. Um, it's 50 grams of protein powder, 30 grams of vanilla, 20 of chocolate, like a handful of ice, four ounces of water, and then some xanthan gum. And it makes it to like the perfect frosty consistency. Um, and then with all of my like chicken and rice meals, uh, I cook all my chicken on like a George Foreman grill in the morning, the day of, and I'll cut it up and like portion it out. And I will cook all my rice in a rice cooker first thing in the morning as well. And so what I'll do is I will reheat everything in a pan on the stove uh, with my veggies. And I just use like salt, uh, soy sauce, and then rice wine vinegar together. And then it just tastes like stir fry. So those are my recommendations. Those are good ones. Yeah. So I'd say we have time for two more questions here. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, let me see what I've got. I've got I've got five more here, so we'll pick two of them. Yeah, yeah. Here. Um, best internal subs to support super subs. So there are a lot, and if you can't afford them, you don't get to take super subs, fun fact. Um, ones that come to mind, uh, Tudka, Milk Thistle, CoQ10, Fish Oil, uh, Multivitamin, Vitamin D. Those are the ones that yeah. I I would say for liver, my big one is N-acetylcysteine. Yep. Uh, I love N-acetylcysteine. I know they, they tried to make some, some restrictions on that and make it a... Uh, yeah, prescription, but I think they they took that back, so I think it's allowed again. Um, Tudka's a good one. Curcumin, um, like you said, CoQ10 is good. I use a lot of fish oil. I will say, make sure you buy a quality fish oil. Do not buy your your fish oil from Walmart or Kroger or Sam's Club. It's literally the fish that eat shit from the bottom of the sea. Yeah, get quality fish oil. Like, um, I get a liquid one. I think it's St. Pete's brand or something like that, or Peter's own. Yeah, and then uh, or Nordic Naturals is really good. Yeah, and then vitamin D three with K two, I think is a supplement everybody should use. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so th those are those are ones that I kind of go with. I would say most important things to take care of with your um, 
if you're using supercepts are of course going to be your heart, liver, and kidneys. Yes. Um, so there is a product. I know they sell this at next level here in Kentucky and Louisville and Indiana. Um, and it's the Lycoproceps. They have one called Complete Health. It's like, I think it's like $79.99, but it has everything in it at clinically based doses. So in my opinion, it's worth it. And I do think clinical labs, we're going to go and try to make a, uh, a clinically dosed uh, Complete Health supplement too here soon. That would be sick. Yeah. I think it was cover it. Um, one thing that I've read some research on, and granted, I don't know if it helps as much as I, I just choose to do it anyways. I take my kidney and liver supplements before I go to bed because mm -hmm. your liver is tries to regenerate and heal itself while you're asleep. So there's some research that might say it could potentially help in either being proactive or reactive to any liver damage that could have been done with super subs to actually just take it those at night before you go to bed instead of in the morning. Granted, yeah. I don't know, but just, you should take it no matter what. I just take, I take those portions because I take so many health subs daily. I just take those at night. Those just go with my nightly supplements instead of my AM supplements. Cool. You want to do another one? Yeah, we'll do, I think we have time for one more. Yeah, I think we, yeah. all right. Yeah. This is a, this is a good one. We can both do, uh, where do you all want to travel most? Um, I love Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. If we're going to, if we're going to go within the U S I think I'd really like to go to, um, Salt Lake city. Yeah. Utah's cool. And I think that, or like a uh, Scottsdale, Arizona seems really nice. If we're talking about out of the country, I think one of our next trips for me and Laura is going to be, um, either Jordan to see uh, Petra or um, Egypt to see the pyramids. That's cool. Yeah. It's warm, but cool. Um, I'd say like, I'd love to go back to Colorado. I've gotten to go to Utah and Colorado quite a few times. I love it out there. Um, if we're talking overseas, I'd love to go back to the UK just because I want to try out all the gyms. I think they look so cool. Um, that's really it. I mean, the, granted, I say that like I travel every weekend all yeah. day, literally every weekend I'm out of town. So I don't necessarily like choose to travel more than I already do. Cause I think I already have almost every weekend booked through November at this point. So yeah. I don't want to travel that much because that's kind of how I am, man. I like, I enjoy staying home, but you know, for vacations, uh, I think I, I enjoy tropical places quite a bit, you know, like, uh, one of my favorite trips I went on was actually just Puerto Rico. Yeah. Uh, that was really fun. Puerto Rico. What if we stayed in a nice hotel there? Uh, I think it was like the Vanderbilt hotel, which is actually the one that was in like a giant fire years ago okay. where people died. But, uh, Puerto Rico's got a lot of history too, which I thought was really cool. I like going to places and exploring history. Mm -hmm. I think it's fun. Like we went to like, uh, some big old, uh, what are they called? Like water defense areas. Why can't I think fortresses on the water there where they would like shoot cannons to defend which i thought was wild to see like how they were defending these fortresses but yeah i like that. that's why i like savannah dude it's there's a lot of historic value there like i got to do like basically they call it a ghost tour but it's really just a history tour but it's super fascinating to like understand and like understand kind of the culture itself uh, yeah so it's like one of my favorite places to go to um i haven't had a vacation since 2019 so i really need to take one one of these days oh, yeah yeah, but, um, I think that's it for today. Uh, there are some questions we didn't get to, so we apologize. 
we'll probably do another one of these in the future though so yeah. make sure to get those questions in uh got a lot of good ones today we appreciate all of you guys who participated in that on the last minute very short notice um we appreciate all of you who take time out of your day to listen to us you guys rock like we said before if you have any questions comments or concerns please feel free to reach out to us if there are any subject matters that you want us to discuss also let us know please leave us a five-star review on spotify and apple podcasts not a one star um tyler any tidbits